Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I have a special guest tonight. Jared, how you doing? I am always good. <laughs> That's awesome. So we have kind of an interesting topic that we want to talk on today. You uh, want to clarify that for us? Okay, well, tonight, uh, today we, 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 we discussed this earlier. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, 80s and 90s pop culture that has helped shape and influence our lives as adults. So, Corey and I will be discussing the various things we grew up on and how that has affected how we see things as adults. Now, we're talking about movies, we're talking about music, we're talking about books, we're talking about video games, magazines. Basically, yeah, stuff, so, that, stuff that affected our lives in some way and, 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 and it still has an impact on our lives today. Now, I'm going to go first... Um, and the first topic that I'm going to throw down, because you and I are a huge fucking connoisseur of this, <laughs> and we've been connoisseurs of this since we were tiny-ass children. Yeah. Video games. Oh, cool. of course, video games. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, you can't, I mean, you know, even those people who claim they don't play video games, here's the whole thing. You can't be part of, like, uh, you know, our generation, Generation X, you can't be part of that and not have been part of the video game scene at some point exactly now yeah. with me when i grew up the first video game system i ever had and i know it's not technically a system it's a computer but this is where i learned uh how to type uh learned that video games don't have to suck <laughs> uh, i had an apple II box computer oh yes i remember those um I remember, I remember the Apple II box computers, and then, and then another one, and God, these were such a bitch to freaking load anything on, was the Commodore 64. Oh, dear God, don't even get me started on that shit. Yeah. That was fucking horrible. <laughs> it looked, it took so long, you just like, you know what, all the excitement of what I would have done is just gone. Well, yeah, <laughs> you had to, like, type out this, like, warmly piece list of stuff just to get a game to freaking boot up for you. You might as well. You're like, you know what? While this is booting up, I'm going to go read War and Peace. I'm going to make myself a sandwich. You want something? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll go see, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings twice. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah. But I think there's there's a trade-off because... It really uh, is. Because the funny thing is, it took us a lot longer to get get some stuff to work back then. But I think... When it when it, when it, when like when it would work, then it was like this experience. We're like, oh, it's working. When it finally like you it's got the green, when you got the green light, you were just like, fuck everything else. I'm doing this. It was a Frankenstein moment. You, you it, basically, it's alive. It's, yeah, exactly. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> so, you can clearly tell our enthusiasm for video games. Yeah. Now, the first video game that I played on the Apple II computer. And a lot of you older folks listen to this will remember this. Some of you younger folk, get yourself an old computer and get this game because it is an amazing game. I think I already know what you're talking about. You might not, actually. I might not? Okay, well, okay. we'll see. <laughs> I can remember learning how to type and the frustrations of having to type out every fucking word of Rambo. Oh yes, no, that was actually, that was actually an old one too. It's like, uh, yeah, the, it was the uh, it was the um, um, uh, the uh, 
what do they call that? But it was the one where, where basically he had the words scroll across the screen, yeah. and you'd basically, like, almost like in novel form, type out what your character was doing. Yeah, exactly. But like, picks up knife. You gotta type that shit in. Yeah. The stabs not stabs person. Has to opens yeah. door. It's like Jesus Christ. Am I writing the Bible? I know. <laughs> oh, and then and then you had to and then you had to type precisely the right words because then there would be sometimes when you're like 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 um like it says you see like 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 you you see a knife and then you put pick it up and then it'll be like it was like doesn't understand what it is yeah so you actually had to because the because the computers back in the day back in the day were so particular uh-huh. That if you didn't type out exactly what the fuck you wanted to do, it's like the computer's hitting the wall. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to one, do? Another game was actually like a, this one. You actually at least got to see your sprites and see the characters. Yeah. But it could. It, it was really fun, but it was also could be just as frustrating. Was uh was the King's Quest game? Oh, I loved King's Quest. Yeah. Oh, dude, and Monkey Island. Yeah. Oh my God, King's Quest is so fucking infuriating, <laughs> but. I will give it this. For the time that it came out, the graphics and the dialogue were actually really well done. Exactly. Well, and I love the story in it, too. It's like, a, I love the fact, I, like, as a little kid, I used to play that, and I used to think it was kind of, it's like, isn't this cool? I get to type out what my character's doing, like it's a novel or something. It's like, exactly. But I, 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 remember used to, I remember thinking that was, like, the coolest thing ever. That video games couldn't get any better than that. You've got to type it out. Holy shit, this is amazing! Dad, come look at this! Well, no, 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 just take that. You've got to see them actually do it. Exactly. You're like, oh my gosh, he's doing what I say! And then, like, from King's Quest, it was like King's Quest 1, 2, 3, it went all the way up to, like, 5, I think. Uh, no, actually, no, even further. It went clear up to King's Quest 8. Oh, it did! That's right! You're right, it did. And in fact, in fact, they've actually redone the entire King's Quest quest storyline and they've made a newer game it's just called king's quest yeah and you can actually it, it's actually on the, the the different networks you can buy it on steam you can buy it on the ps4 network yeah um and uh, yeah basically um it, it's episodic like you know the those those telltale games that they have like they have like the walking dead telltale game um, oh, the Batman, the, the Batman, the Batman one. Yeah, yeah, I have that one in my yeah. house. That one's yeah. actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah, um, and, and this King's Quest game, these King's Quest games are set up like that. That's actually kind of cool. It's like yeah. choose-your-own-adventure type shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and basically every, every decision you make affects the story in some way. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm segueing into this. We will come back. Go ahead. Choose-your-own-adventure books back in the day. Ah, yes, yes. Those were so cool. My favorite book and God, I can't find it anymore. You I might have, have to go this. on Amazon to yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah, I know. No, no, it's like, I used to have this, and I, and I wish to God I knew what the hell happened to it. But one of my favorite Choose-your-own-adventure books was Space Vampires. Are you serious? Yeah. That was really cool. I was going to yeah. guess maybe the one that had the dragons in it. That was good but, too, but the space no. vampires. Holy jeez! Yeah. yeah, that one was actually really, really good oh, to read. And, and, that and was fun. And another one that is, uh, it was uh, they called it "Find Your Fate" instead of "Choose Your Own Adventure," but it's still pretty much the same thing. Was, I do remember those. Um, but well, they were the the Indiana Jones adventures. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they came out shortly after 
choose your, your own adventure. adventure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Because it used the same type of thing. Basically, where like you'd read up to a certain point, and then it would give you a choice. Yeah. Like basically, if you if you think Indy should do this, turn to this page. If you think Indy should go and do this, turn to this other page. You know, and then and and then the story would change depending on what decision you made. And it was never this. It, and it was like it had so many different. Ways the story would turn out, yeah, because of how many different ways you could read it. That uh, that is funny. It's like uh, I mean, I, th I think I think even to this day, I never actually got all the different endings in the book. No, it was so, and, and that was totally okay because the adventures that you decided to choose, yeah. it was always something new. Yeah, you know, and there were like multiple endings, so you were like, okay, well, I'm gonna choose this instead of this. And it'd just take you off on this really cool tangent. Yeah, and then and then sometimes, interestingly enough, another thing I liked about those books, any of them, um, was the fact that sometimes you actually had to really think on what your decision was because what might seem like the right decision at the time actually ends ends up putting you in a situation which where the main character gets killed. Exactly. Like you're like, wait a minute, what, motherfucker? And then you read. Yeah, and then you go back to the page, and you're like, ah. Yeah, and then well, and then, and then you realize, and then you realize, oh, okay, maybe like like because like sometimes they have like like uh, the, sometimes they have an option where it seemed like it was the, kind of the obvious thing, like maybe say, um, some bad guys, you know, jump out of a car and start shooting up windows, and then uh, yeah, and then like maybe you have the obvious choice of like having uh having the character chase after him. Mm -hmm. um, when in fact you don't want to do that because, like, maybe like in the next segment of the story, your character gets shot in the chest or exactly. something. Exactly, you get your shit uh, shot up and then you're dead. Or, or, or you end up getting captured or something. Huh? Um, and then when you what you found out was that what what you wanted to do was maybe stay behind and and assess the damage to the civilians or something. Exactly. <laughs> and so. Well, what's funny is I actually have some of those, uh, not yeah. at my house, but at my mom and dad's house. I still have some of those Choose Your Own Adventure books. I know, and that's good. That's good. That's what I'm saying. It's like me, I wish I still had them, but uh, I mean, you know, uh, I lost them somewhere along the way. <laughs> now, we're going to segue back into video games. Yeah. And I know what I'm going to choose yeah. for the NES game as my quintessential go-to. Mm -hmm. I want to hear yours before I choose, before I decide See, decide that's always mind. a really hard decision because there's so many different games that I really like from that yeah. and, and had an impact on my life. Um, you know, um, it depends on it, it depends on my moods in most cases because sometimes it changes. Uh, yeah. You know, the, um, but, you know... I can break it down into at least uh, three of them. You do you going by I, genre, or are you going by? Well, just just to, to my, as my go-to games. Oh, okay. As my go-to games, and I can break it down to three of them. And, and you're probably uh, some of them pretty obvious, maybe some not so obvious, but uh, that's um, okay. But one obvious one's uh, any Legend of Zelda game. Zelda, Legend of Zelda is one of my like things that I just go to by default. Yeah. Um, and Definitely Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda, um, and then uh, the then then my second choice once again not a surprise anything from the Castlevania franchise. I'm actually not yeah. surprised about that because yeah. Castlevania and Zelda have been our go tos for a long, long time. Exactly. So and uh, and then the third one. Uh, let's see if I had to go down to like what, what are what what are games that I just 
we'll go right to. Um, my my third one is usually anything anything RPG, anything from Squaresoft. So are you talking or, about anything Square, like... Square Enix, sorry. Yeah. It's so funny, they haven't been called Squaresoft in such a long time, wow. Exactly. You're but, taking it back. Well, yeah. since we're doing nostalgia, we yeah, might as yeah, well, so, you know. But no, they haven't been called Squaresoft, <laughs> well, they haven't been called Squaresoft since the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Anyways, uh, but 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 anyway, no, anything Square Enix. Yeah. Um, Are you talking about like Final Fantasy? Well, there, there's so many. Gauntlet. Yeah, but, but yeah, but, well, uh, no, Gauntlet was a different studio. Yeah, um, never mind. But uh, but no, but anything Final Fantasy, uh, Secret of Mana, Chrono yeah. Trigger. Secret of Mana is fucking amazing. Oh, I love that game. Well, and then Chrono Trigger too. Oh, mm -hmm. freaking Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that in, in, in that game. What I love about that one was, I love it because it, it segues perfectly from what we talked about with the Choose Your Own Adventure stuff, because uh -huh. Chrono Trigger was kind of the same way. Whatever decision your character made had an impact on what the overall ending was. And you want to know what's really interesting? A lot of people will, um, will argue us on this point because yeah. they think that Fable and a lot, all these other later games were the ones where you choose your own fate. And then have whatever you chose, they, but that was your ending. We had yeah. that way fucking before you guys. I did. can actually name a bunch of different franchises that predated them that were doing that. Exactly. Um, like I said, you know, Chrono Trigger being one, mm -hmm. you know, one of the primary ones where you could actually it was it was it was a new mechanic at the time. One of the things that whatever decision you made affected what the ending was. Yeah. Um, and then and then another one and. A lot of people don't remember this one, but I remember because I used to play it all the freaking time when it was out on PlayStation. But uh, did you ever play any of the Saga Frontier games? Oh God, yes! Saga Frontier same, was awesome. Saga Frontier had the same mechanic. Whatever decision you made affected the overall story. Now, I the reason I bring up. Not to disrespect anybody that has those kind of games now. Oh, no, and they're good. If but... you're thinking about, like, The Evil Within, or if you're thinking of, like, The Last of Us, or if you're thinking of, like, any of the new games like that, those are amazing games. I will always give those games props. Mm -hmm. However, I've, I've heard a lot of talk of people saying that those are the first games that have had that kind of element in them, and I'm sorry to disappoint you, but they're not. Yeah, and see, and, 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 and I like the fact that you're wanting to be clear about this, because, yeah, we're not mocking these games, because we yeah. love them, and they're awesome games. Exactly. But they're not the first thing <coughs> they, the What a lot of people got to understand going into those games was that these games took what previous games had done, and they just expanded on it. Now, exactly. they, they did it obviously in, in cool, innovative ways, but the whole thing is, is they need to know where these origins started. No, they, they had basically games where you were, where whatever decision you made affected the overall storyline. They've been having those at least since, since the 90s. Yeah. Um, and and it was debatably, like, er, er, debatably since the 80s. It was um, like early, uh, it was like late 80s, early 90s that they started yeah. developing these. Yeah, yeah, and it started with games, like as I said, like Chrono Trigger. That, exactly. Uh, where, where basically, because uh, that's what I'm saying, I mean, let me give you an example, especially in Chrono Trigger. And this and this is just first part of the game. Um, you're you're introduced to the character, and then your character goes to the fair. And now, ordinarily, while that may not seem like a big thing, but here's the whole thing, is that... Um, while you're at the fair, there's certain decisions that, that you have to make, um, and 
well, at the time, may not seem like a big thing, but it comes up later again in a segment of the game called The Trial. Yeah. Because what happens is um, you end up in this adventure with this, this girl you meet at the fair. You guys end up getting um, uh, thrust back in time, and then you end up saving her from this one evil wizard guy. Um, and, then, and, then, and then when you come back to your present time, you're captured by, by her family, and then you're sent on this trial. Now, how you acted during the course of the carnival will determine how the trial goes. Because what happens is that you have, you, there's, there's one point where you fit, see a lunch on a table. Yeah. You can eat it, but then you're eating somebody else's lunch. Mm-hmm. And that can be used against you later. Exactly. Um, there's, a, there's a part where, uh, where, um, where, uh, um, where, uh, yeah, I forget her name now. I, th- I think it's Meryl. Yeah, I think it's Meryl. It uh, is. Meryl, yeah, yeah uh, Meryl wants to get some candy. And, um, and, and if you keep trying to run away, uh, you know, uh, she'll, she'll, you know, she'll tell you to be patient, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, a lot of people will, uh, that'll be used against you in the trial. Basically, be all people say, oh, you're just trying to kidnap her faster, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then another thing you can do is when you run into Meryl for the first time, um, this is also a key, because a lot of people wouldn't do this this way, but it helps you think. And it's one of those games that has some subtleties. But what happens is, um, you run into her and she drops her pennant. Which you, uh, more, more than likely, most people would do this. They'd, they'd most likely grab the pennant and then go and find out about the girl. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Because that'll get used against you in the trial. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is you want to talk to Meryl first, see if she's okay, mm-hmm. and then get her pennant. Exactly. Yeah. And it's those little um, subtleties that actually yeah. make or break that game in oh, a yeah. high-capacity well, way. Yeah, there's the two other things. Two other things. There's a, there's, there's a point where you can rescue a girl's cat, and then she can come up, come up for you as a character witness. Oh, that's uh, right. Oh, yeah. dear God. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot yeah, about that Yeah, but you can do one. that. You can do that. And then, and then finally... And then, and then finally, and here's where your forewarning comes, comes, when d- d- before all that happens. Yeah. And and this actually, and this is where the game's actually quite clever. And you didn't stop and think about this until until you see all that stuff. Because I mean, let's be honest. When we first when we when we first played the game, we 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 we, we failed all that. Oh. We failed all of that, and then and then we we got we got thrown in the dungeon, and we were guilty. <laughs> like when the trial happened, you're like, well, wait a fucking minute! I thought I was doing the right thing, and then you're just like, oh, I'm just a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, um, and, and your what's funny is your key hint is at the beginning of the day when the game first starts. Yeah. Your mom talks about the fair and everything about going there, and she tells you, Chrono, remember to behave yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody stops to think about this, but that is actually <clears throat> very subtly clever because, in a way, it's basically telling you, watch what you do at that carnival <clears throat> because that's something that's a plot device that's going to play a big major role later in the game. See... And us, being naive the first time we played the yeah. damn game, yeah. we didn't heed the warning. We didn't pick up on it. And then, like, as soon as we get thrust into the trial, we're just scratching our heads like, what happened? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't understand. Why are we on trial? Uh, <laughs> I know, exactly. I mean, it happens either way, but the whole thing is, is that it, it changes depending on the outcome. I mean, I mean, let me put it this way. I mean, 
You're and, on trial. Well, you're like, on trial either way. You're on trial anyway, and 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 then, well, and then they throw you in, they throw you in prison anyway, yeah. regardless. But here's the, but here's the difference is that um is that it it reflects better on your on on it reflects better on Chrono's character if you've done all the stuff right than than if you just basically did all of it wrong. I mean, you know. You're gonna get yourself like a bad reputation if you eat the one guy's sandwich, take the pennant first, try to run away from the girl when she's trying to get candy. You know, uh, it's just you look like a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but but either way, um, but anyway, yeah, that was one that I like it. It had that kind of it had that kind of mechanic though, which was which was great. <clears throat> and and I and I agree with you what you said. Like, yeah, I mean, yes, later games like Fable. Um, you know, uh, and and The Last of Us and stuff like that. Later, later on games, yes, they they improved upon that mechanic, but but they're not the ones who invented it. There were actually a few, a, there were actually a few games out there that that had multiple endings out there that were experimenting with that in the early days of gaming. Yeah, and um, I'm not trying to be a mm -hmm. dick by any means, but there was this asshole. Mm -hmm. I ran into about a couple weeks ago. He mm. was telling me that Assassin's Creed was the very first one to show um, different ways on how to assassinate somebody in the game. And I'm like, no, he's, no, 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 he's that's never, not he's even never close played. to correct. He's never played the Metal Gear games, has he? No. And he's never played Shinobi yeah. or, you know... Tenshu, Tenshu Stealth one Assassin. and two, yeah. Stealth Assassin. I'm thinking, you know, if you really want to get picky, which I was, yeah, I named all of those games, and this kind of stupid look came on his face, like he didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, okay, I will. You understand this? I love the Assassin's Creed franchise. It's amazing. However, the mechanic you're talking about has been approved upon, but it's not new. Yeah, that's like. You've had you've had sneak around things since the beginning. I mean, hell, the very first Metal Gear game, you had that whole playing where you had to sneak around. I yeah. mean, and I'm not even talking the Metal Gear Solid franchise. I'm talking the very first Metal Gear game for the Nintendo. Exactly. Yeah, for the NES system. You had that, to be so secretive and stealthy because yeah. if you got caught, the mission was fucked. Exactly. Uh, and that, that and you had one shot to do the mission correctly. I want this because that's the sad thing. <coughs> is like, uh, for, uh, and and this where it's like, uh, I do like the fact that when the, when they did the Metal Gear Solid franchise, they improved upon it so that even if you did get caught, there was ways you could go out and hide out again. Yeah. But but in the first Metal Gear game, you're right. You got caught by anybody, even the freaking dogs, and you were screwed. Yeah. And you like, had to start the game over. Yeah. From the I did. Here's one thing that I'll give the games now. Yeah. When you die, you don't have to start clearing the fuck back to the very beginning. Okay. No, 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 no. Not when we were growing up. No, yeah. fuck you guys. Yeah. No. Well, no. We, the best thing we the, the 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 best thing we got back before we before we had games where you could actually have the save feature. Um, and there were a few for in the NES life cycle because I mean I know that Legend of Zelda you could save your game. Yeah. I know there were a few others in later, but then it mainly didn't become a major thing to save your game until probably about the Super Nintendo life cycle. Uh huh. Um, but I, don't know, I remember back in the day with with uh, and you and I, interesting enough, just had recently had a talk about this. 
like back in the day with within the days of Nintendo, we had what you know. And many of you, uh, it, it's different nowadays than it was back then. But it's like back then, we would use passwords. <laughs> oh, yeah. you fuckers are so lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, we like if we got to a certain level, we'd always like, okay, get the, get the password, get the password. We have to send, write that shit down, and 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 then, I mean, we would have like freaking War and Peace stacks of like. Of, like, passwords for, for various different games. Yeah, we couldn't just auto-save the fucking game. <laughs> no. <laughs> Didn't have that feature. <laughs> Hurry, get a piece of paper and a pen and write this shit down, because we don't want to have to go back to the beginning and do all that shit again. Yeah, anyway, we said we had the passwords, and that's what, it's like, that's, that's what we had to do. We didn't have any save states or save points or anything like that. I said, yeah, there were a few exceptions. There were a few games where you could save, but for the most part, it was basically like, you get that password, or you're screwed. Can you and imagine doing Castlevania, you and me, without the fucking passwords? Oh, God. Oh, my God. That I would not be playing the only those way I was games. able. The only way I was able to ever... <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and, and once again, and this is still a pain in the ass. The only way I was ever to even beat Castlevania three was because I ha it was because I, I I kept having passwords for some of the later levels. Thank you. So, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I mean, uh, um, and and then here's the whole thing. And here's another thing a lot of people take for granted: the auto save feature. Because most games have this. Because let me put it this way. Is if if your power goes out nowadays, um, chances are you didn't lose much in your game. Uh, chances, yeah, yeah, you know, ch chances are that chances are that basically Yato saved close to some area anyway. Can you remember playing NES games and the power would go out and the first word out of your mouth would be fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, Fuck! <laughs> I mean, because the whole thing was, the whole thing was, was you had lost a ton of that progress you just made. Exactly. Because you either didn't make it to the save point, or or you hadn't got the freaking password. Because one of the things that would either happen was, um, you would either get your password of one of one of two ways. Yeah. You either get the password when. When you beat a level, and then it would give you a password as you were uh, as you were starting up the next one, and that was more and, prominent. Yeah, or and no, and this actually happened. I think probably say just as much. Yeah, was was when your character would die, and then it would give you the password for that level. True. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One game, and I'm gonna skip forward just a little bit. Uh huh. That I really, really have enjoyed throughout the years. That has had a really deep franchise, just like Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Castlevania. Yeah, is the Mega Man series. Oh, but Mega Man is freaking awesome. Um, two things I love, I love in Mega Man, and they and they were part of the same series, but they were kind of a little bit different. Was uh, there was the regular Mega Man series that you talked about, and then Mega Man X. Yes. Um, I would have to say this, and this is the difference between it and just the way I see it. Mega Man was definitely an all-ages game. It really was. It, it was, and, and it was, and appealed to everybody. Um, and and uh, uh, Mega Man X, not necessarily that it was like really horribly bad, but it, it dealt with a lot more mature themes because I noticed like there was a lot more death going on in Mega Man X. There was a lot more of uh, some bloody scenes and whatnot. Yeah. Now, once again, not not to the <coughs> not 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 like it was horribly gory or anything. But if you if you 
compare the Mega Man series with the Mega Man X series, you can definitely tell that Mega Man X was 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 like more a more mature Mega Man. Yeah, and <clears throat> I'm partial to both. Like yeah. I, I I give props oh, to I both love, franchises oh, yeah. in the Mega yeah. Man series because yeah. original Mega Man from one on. Amazing series. Oh, it was, it's freaking awesome! And in fact, in <coughs> fact, you know, most most platforming games owe their existence to games like Mega Man because because Mega Man was one of the ones that set the standard for many platformers to come. And also, if you guys have played um, any of the most recent games that have been coming out, the platforms that would appear and then disappear. Oh, oh my yeah. fucking frustrating! Not well, not only that, not uh. only that, but then, but then, but then they had the hazards that went with them. They'd have they'd have the things that would appear, disappear. They'd have the enemies that would fly in a certain pattern. Yeah. They'd have that sometimes they'd have like sometimes they'd have like little explosions or flames going through a section of columns. Or like you're trying to get to the next platform and you realize that there was no fucking ground, so if you yeah. missed it, you died. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I will totally give the some of the later Mega Man games was when when you could uh, and I forget the name of his dog, but when when you finally got to the fact where you could get get your dog, I mean what what happens is I like you used them as a hoverboard, you used them as a springboard. Yeah, well, and, well, and was, when, when you would get to the those levels like that where you basically yeah. have like disappearing platforms and stuff. It would. It, it actually did make it slightly easier because you didn't have to sit there and wait for him. You could just use your dog to kind of help you get across. See, and if the if Nintendo hadn't have been such dicks, and had introduced the dog in the very first game, I bet you money I wouldn't have died half as many times if uh, I would have had the dog. However, however, one thing I'll I'll at least give them props for, and we can actually say this now, and, and uh, this is where this is where we old farts can uh, can basically. Uh, uh, say we have it over on, on some of the newer generation is the fact that we said said uh, it's like you think you know difficulty because I mean because I like the fact that you brought up that, that you talked to some people about certain things and yeah a lot of people talking to me about like 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 you know, and once again I'm not please I want people to understand I'm not mocking any different generations or whatnot I just uh, what we want to get at get at is that uh, there there's some people. And sadly, these people do happen to be of the younger generation. Will come up to us and say, like, like how this game is hard and that game is hard. And we played the same game, and yet we've also played some of the older games, and we can kind of compare them against each other. And yeah. And, and I find myself doing this. It's like because uh, because because uh, we've had some people come up to us and say and say, oh well, you know, um, the. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Halo games are so hard. Oh Jesus! And, I've had. Oh yeah. God. And, and I and I was like, ah, oh, it's got a good range of difficulty. But let me put it this way: there's a different there's a difference between the difficulty we had when we were kids and the difficulty they have in games now, because there's a learning curve. With with games nowadays, yes, it, they can be difficult. But once you kind of learn how to work the game and you know the game's mechanics. The game then turns into something that's quite easy. Yeah. Um, whereas that was not the case with old school games. With old school games, it was really about, like, you, you know, you had to be precise on everything. You had to be, per, like, on certain things, like the many games. You had, sometimes you had to be precise on your timing. Sometimes you had to be precise on your button combination. Yeah. Sometimes you, you know, it's like... Some, like jumping at the certain time. Yeah. So that you could get... <clears throat> 
to the next part of the level. Well, and then knowing what your response time is, because yeah. some games, some games would have um, would have um, better controls than others. Because uh -huh. some games, some games, yeah, you'd hit the jump button and it would jump right away. But then there would be some games that you had to learn about the jump mechanics because because there might be a delayed reaction in the character's jump. Mm -hmm. Because that wasn't frustrating, right? Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. And, and so I'm not. And so I want to be. I want to clarify. We're not making fun of younger generations no. and basically saying, not. "Oh, those damn kids." But uh, those fucking kids. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but what I do want to say is 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 that uh, is that we we do get a lot of comments from people who were where they'll say something like that, and it's just like, yeah, well, you. Didn't know the difficulty that we knew, yeah. because because once again, I dare you. You and I both had this thing. I dare anyone to play the first three Castlevania games. The first three, um, I dare them to play those and not get frustrated at any point. Exactly. Even within like just the first fucking level. I can oh, guarantee yeah. you, you're gonna be breaking something. Oh, I, I can definitely tell you that a lot of people <laughs> are going to start. Getting a little pissed off at their uh, at their systems and their controllers the moment that the moment that Simon gets hit by an enemy and he gets thrust back several feet. Yeah. Or like you, you know, or like you think you've gotten rid of the Medusa heads, yeah. and then here come three more. Ha ha ha! Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we're not knocking the younger generation, but we are saying. At least have some respect for us old guys because we had to go through some shit in our games to make sure that your games were at least decent. That's what I'm saying. We were like the guinea pigs of video games. Exactly. Seriously, you know, <coughs> youth can actually at least say this. This whole thing. If you think your games are so great now, well, there's a reason for that because our games were the ones that were thrown on the roaster. Exactly. He basically see, he's like, oh, hey, does that cook up well? Oh, my gosh, that cooks up so well. He's like, we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that. Oh, th th this smells like it's undercooked. <laughs> I'll throw it anyway. I'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, like, oh, thanks. But, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, to use an analogy, and I wish I, I, wish I could say that I came up with an analogy, but I actually got that from Rob Liefeld. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, so, if, if people want to talk about how great the newer games are, and they are, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to slide it. Yeah, and there's but, a lot of good games yeah, out there. And they are, but, uh, but, they, but, you know, they owe their existence to the fact that our games that we grew up with, they were the ones that threw themselves on the roaster to basically make sure that those games got made. Exactly. Now, I'm going to segue a bit yeah. <clears throat> into some Crazy Monkey Inc. news because I know we've got some huge things happening within the next couple of months that I want to touch on. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. A whole, well, actually, we got a whole bunch of different announcements. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, definitely, uh, please, uh, start us off. First off, the Furious campaign for Cadence Lock is Furious number one is picking up in production... Which is awesome because I've been wanting this for the longest time since yeah. I put money towards the Kickstarter. Yeah. And when I get to hold that thing in my hand, I'm just going to be like tearing up like crazy because not only is production starting on it, but also other productions are being started on and getting taken care of as well. And so we're going to be seeing some Kickstarter stuff 
that's already been funded come out later this year because it's been picking up speed as well. Mm -hmm. In September, you should see being picked back up Taxicab Joe number two being done by Gaspar and being colored and lettered by Mike Montalvo so that when that is done, I am so excited that my comic is going to be done. However, mm -hmm. I'm twice as excited. <laughs> I think you know where I'm fucking going with this. Yeah. I am twice as excited that Darren number four is going to be started on. You yeah. have no idea how long I've been waiting for this. Oh, yeah. On the, uh, I mean, a, a, a lot of us have, and as I said, this one's going to be a good one. Um, and... Uh, it, you know, and, and it's going to further the uh, the story I've been working on for the last several issues. Um, You've got what, fifty three issues typed right now? Um, You're uh, on the fifty fourth yeah. one. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah but uh, but um, but I'm talking about <clears throat> the ones that I currently have out because this yeah. is uh, this this is uh, <clears throat> this is part of the story uh, I, um, that I had been setting up with the last three issues. Yeah, I just wanted the um, audience to know how big of a uh, uniforce you have gotten yeah. so far. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, uh, that, that was that was the thing is that uh, we're gonna be working on that uh, pretty soon and um, and uh, and then also um, you know I've, I've been thinking on uh, I've been thinking on it and uh, and 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 we're, um, and we're working on um, incentives to uh, to provide to the fans who donate to the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, now, are there some incentives? that you've been thinking of for the Darren 4 Kickstarter that you can share with us, or is that still kind of privy until it happens? Um, at the moment, since I don't have anything solid yet, that's going to have to remain secret. Okay, and that's <laughs> but, fine. That's but, I, but I promise the audience this, I promise them this, is that once I have the go-ahead on these things, yeah. once I get the green light, they're going to be the first to know. And here's the funny thing. I know here at Crazy Monkey Inc. Studios, we pride ourselves in not only bringing out the best comics by some of the mm -hmm. best indie creators that we know, we also pride ourselves in production. Yeah. Oh, and uh, production values are always high here. The thing is, is that, you know, and, and, and this happens occasionally in comic books, and I'll admit it, it, it uh, and I'll, I'll full-on admit this, because some of my books have a few of these, um... But you know there might be there might be a typo here there might be a uh, there there might be a mismatching clothing there yeah. but uh, but for the most part when you go and you look at our production when you go and and see the look of our comic books um I always I, I always said this too and 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 I'm not saying this to be insulting but 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 um there's there's a production value that we have that feels more like a professional company yeah um there's so many other independently <clears throat> produced comic books and i'm not going to name names because i don't want to yeah you know i don't want to step on any toes make anyone feel bad we're not going there no but what i will say <laughs> is there are some indie comics that that you can tell they do not have the production value the the, the production the, the production was skipped over for getting it out i guess quickly or something yeah um what you can expect from us is that even though right now even though right now uh, we, we it, it, there may be a certain amount of time between the books, you can always guarantee it, this is a guarantee that <clears throat> that the book is going to have a production value that's going to be very high. And you know what? I am going to give light and shed some light 
on our producer, Gabriel Raz <clears throat> Ramirez, because he's the one that set that precedent for Crazy Monkey Inc. And I absolutely mm -hmm. love him for that because he wants to make sure that the product that you are getting is not only amazing, it has been given the love and care that it needs to be an amazing comic when you have it in your uh, hand. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of uh, nickname him right now, but uh, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna call Raz. He is the Walt Disney of indie comics. He really like, is because, <clears throat> and what I mean by that, and no, and I'm not saying that you know that 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 you know he does stuff about you know fluffy deer or whatnot. I don't know, maybe if it sells, but uh, but uh, but what I'm saying is is what I mean by calling Raz the Walt Disney of the indie world is the fact that he always wants to work with the very best. Exactly, and when he scouts out talent, oh my God, you can tell that he's got a fine eye for talent because yeah. you look at some of the comic books that we've come out with so far, mm -hmm. even in the past. You can tell that Raz cares about what he does and about what comes out of his company. Oh, yeah, exactly. You can always tell, as I said, that the production values are going to be high. Yeah. Um, that's the whole thing. It, it, it started that way even, <clears throat> even when he was writing and drawing his own book, Midnight's Adventure. When he was doing everything himself, <clears throat> it was a one-man operation, and, and he was just self-producing his own comic books. Um, the whole thing is, is you always had that great production value. I mean, I, I went and read those first, uh, the, the, the first three issues that he wrote, that, that, that he wrote and drew of the, uh, first three Midnight's Avengers books. And, and the thing is that it's there. The production's there. The, the writing is there. Um, you know, the, the whole thing is, is that, so I, yeah, you can, you can tell. And, 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 you know, kind of sucks because nowadays since he's the boss he doesn't get to write and draw as much as he used to yeah um but but you do know that uh, th that he's still passionate about what he does he loves what he does and and like i said and as, as we both point out he's got an eye for talent because he's always whenever he's brought anyone in no matter who, <clears throat> no matter who it is they've always brought a, an awesome level of talent with them exactly and one thing that I like to say, and I like to say it now more than ever, is I absolutely love working for Crazy Monkey Inc. And this mm -hmm. isn't to kiss anybody's ass. This isn't to say that, you know, I wouldn't be going to any other company. But just the family dynamics mm -hmm. behind Crazy Monkey Inc., the production value behind Crazy Monkey Inc., mm -hmm. and the fact that you have creators that creators that generally care to make sure that it's an amazing product so that when the consumer gets it, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I like to say this and not to knock any other indie company, but I haven't really seen that well, and, by a whole lot of other indie companies. They may yeah. have certain dynamics that I have uh, named, but they don't have it all. Well, well interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, and, and that's always important with whatever company you're going with and whatever whoever you're working for. Yeah. The whole thing is, is one thing that's the truth, and a lot of people can go ahead and disagree with me all night long, but the, the, but the thing is, no, I mean, I've seen this, is you've got to have a good dynamic between, um, be, be, uh, between the, uh, the guy in charge and then the people who work for them. You really do, uh, because yeah. if you've got a guy who's in charge, yeah. and the people that are working under him aren't getting along, yeah. not only with each other, but with the guy that's in charge, 
What kind of comic are you going to come out with? It certainly isn't going to be high production value. Oh, no. And then plus, plus is like a... Well, and then plus, you you do have to have a a high standard when it comes to that, especially in production values. Now, here's the whole thing. Yes, I mean, everybody wants to give... Oh, everyone wants to give the, 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 the the young kid who can draw awesome cat heads with the funked up body they always want to give him the sympathy vote i mean yeah we all want to do that and say oh you're so great i'll make you a comic book but but here's the whole thing at some point you have to basically say this is our standard this is what we're going to accept and this is what these are the kind of comic books that our company's going to be coming out with and 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 we and at a crazy monkey ink we do that i mean and you know and and raz basically has set that standard with that is that the whole thing is is that is that you know i mean as sad as it is we're not going to accept everybody uh, because you know and that's not to be slight slighting anybody and that's not to be mean to anybody but we ha- but we but the whole thing is is if you well, a lot of people who will come over and, and say, oh, hey, you guys have got great artwork. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. It's because we have a, a, a high standard set for these things. If we have great writers, it's because it, 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 um, it, it, it's because Raz is selecting great writers. Yeah. If we have great artists, it's because Raz is selecting great artists. You know, the whole thing is, is he's selecting people who've got talent. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, and then, and, and this is not to discourage anybody to not join up with Crazy Monkey Inc. I say, yes, go ahead, do join up with Crazy Monkey Inc. But if you're, if your stuff's not up to the standard, well, in, instead of getting discouraged and say, oh, I give up, then, then buckle down, get better, keep, keep working at it. The whole thing is, with everything you do in life, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, so and eventually, you will get to that point where it's like, like maybe, maybe say somebody submits something and and we reject it. Yeah, that's not the end of the world. That's not um, a saying that you shouldn't keep re, on re, doing it retrench, and then try again. Yeah, re, retrench, recamp, um, uh, keep keep on practicing, keep on going at it, and then try again next year. I mean, and shit, I had to do that with. Uh, yeah. I had to completely scrap Sips Diner in order to get Tax Cab Joe taken care of. And, like, uh, that's a whole nine issues Yeah, that they might come out in a comic form, but I had to learn. I had to recamp, like you said. I had to yeah. go back and, you know, Raz at first, he's like, I like the idea, but, but it I'm doesn't not, have a focus. But it doesn't have a focus. And, and at first I was a little, like, butthurt and shit like that, and I was like, oh, the guy doesn't fucking like me. <laughs> he's an asshole! Uh, but no, what he was doing is he was wanting me to refocus. He was wanting me to make sure, A, this is what I wanted to do because it was very, very businesslike about it. He wasn't a dick. Yeah. Um, and B, he wanted to make sure that whatever I came out with and gave to him was of high quality. Oh, yeah. And And that I put all my passion into and exactly, and the whole thing is, is that, and that's what I'm saying is, uh, so that's 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 any advice that I would give to up and coming people who want exactly. to maybe want to join up with our company. As I said, that yes, there's a possibility we will say no. However, don't let that be the end of it. The whole thing is, is that no matter what company you want to go for, even if you're going for the big two, if you want to go DC or Marvel, the whole thing is they have the same standards. Yeah, the whole the whole thing is, is that. Is if, if they say no, that's not the end of the world. That just means you try, you try, you you you. As I said, you retrench, you recamp, you you um you you 
keep working at your your you keep working at your craft whether it's writing or doing art and then and then you try again when the next set of submissions comes up yeah um you know and just same same as with anything and that's why and that and that's the standard i would say that that you should go for it when you're especially if you're going to submit to crazy monkey inc just remember if we say no that doesn't mean that we won't say yes next time exactly and when we do say no, it's not to say that it's not a good concept. Because there's some yeah. great ideas out there yeah. that just need to be fleshed out. Exactly. I mean, I see, I see, well, I see a lot of people out there, and I see that they have potential. Yeah, but, and yeah, and then that's yeah. something that can be built upon. And and, and I'll tell them that. And 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 then uh, you know, because I mean, there was uh, um, there was a few months back. Uh, there was a there was a young kid who approached me and and said that. He wanted to get into comics and that he was really interested in it and he was showing me some of his stuff. And I saw the potential there, but what I told him was like, uh, I, I told him in the areas he needed to work on. I just said, okay, you work on this and this and this. And then I said, when, 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 when you've got stuff coming out consistently and, and, and you think you've, you've learned that you've learned this area quite well, they said, then go in and submit your stuff. Um, and but then I was also honest. I said that I said there's still a chance it'll get rejected. Yeah. But I said that's not the end of the world. But uh, you know, I just I just told them that uh, you just go and uh, you just go and try again when the next set of submissions comes up. The whole thing is is the best way to get in the comic industry. And I've always told people this, uh, you know, because it's this is kind of the same way I got in, is that it's not about how many times you get turned down. Nope. Um, what matters is that one person who tells you yes. So the whole thing is, is that you're probably going to have hundreds of thousands of rejections all over the board. But what matters is that one person who tells you yes. And here's, here's the interesting thing. You look at someone like J.K. Rowling, okay? Yeah. Harry Potter series. She was shot down by 14 different publishers before one said, you know what? That sounds like a damn good idea. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's all about perseverance. It's all about not giving up when the chips are down because who knows? The very next person that you throw your pitch at, they could be like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the whole thing is that, um, is, is that, is that as, I, as I was talking about, the, the whole thing is, is that you can have a ton of people say no. You have a ton of people tell you to quit. You have a ton of people who tell you you're wasting your time and you should stop it. And that's just going to um, happen. Yeah, but what matters is that one person who says yes. The whole thing is persistence, really. Persistence is the key in this industry. The whole thing is is you don't give up. The, 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 one, the people who are successful in the comic industry are the ones who didn't give up. That, that even if there were a million people who told them no, they still stuck it out until there was that one person who said yes. Yeah. Now, um, because we're short on time, I'm going to throw out a few book recommendations. Okay, no, it, that's this, okay. there's probably the best time for it. So, uh, in, fact, uh, in fact, I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually... I actually wanted to mention, why don't we start doing book recommendations again? Okay. Um, Vampire Kisses and... Oh, why does that other one slip my mind? Oh, Demon's Destiny by Sarah Bailey. 
you gotta pick those up. They're on Amazon. They're amazing. You really should be getting those because they throw the whole otherworldly vampire um, sensuality and sexuality at you at such a beautiful pace. And it's not overly erotic. It's not overly sexualized. It's got just enough to make you go, oh, this is really cool. Um, another one, the one that I let you mm -hmm. borrow, Fur Lodge yeah. by Sean. Get that on Amazon. It's F-I-R and then Lodge. That is by far one of the most amazing sci-fi books besides um, besides Isaac Asimov that I've read in a long time. Oh, and uh, I actually want to throw this in here. Uh, Go ahead. Right before, no, well, right before, right before you finish. Yeah. Um, I just, because uh, what happened was uh, just the other day, it was uh, what would have been Jack Kirby's 101st birthday. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Jack Kirby. I I figure in addition to our novel recommendations, why don't why don't you why don't you recommend uh, or, or both of us anyway? We'll recommend our favorite uh, Jack Kirby stories. Um, definitely for me, I would have to say the first run of Fantastic Four. If you can yeah. find the first run of Fantastic Four, holy shit, you've got gold. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's Jack Kirby at his best. Seriously. Uh, so that's my recommendation for Jack Kirby. Yeah. And just a little side note for Jack Kirby. He helped shape Marvel and how it is to this day in such a way that you really... All the creators now have to pay homage to how he, did, how he brought Marvel to the forefront because yeah. had it not been for Stanley and Jack Kirby working side by side... Marvel wouldn't be where it's at right now. Oh, oh, hell, and 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 and, and so many of the other stuff that he's done. Because I mean, even even DC has to give him credit because D because Jack Kirby's the guy who created Dark Side for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. So the the big two basically have to tip their hat to him because he is the one that basically made both the companies mm -hmm. essentially who they are right now. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people that oh that know what I'm saying. Jack, there's a reason that most people call him Jack the King Kirby because yeah, I mean he he was he was one of the best uh, comic book artists ever. Um, and uh, and then uh, I'm gonna get to my recommendations. Uh, first first I'll recommend a few a uh, few novels and then I'll get to my Kirby recommendations. Yeah. Um, but in terms of novels, um, I would say. And, and I'm going to recommend a classic right here, right now. Um, and this is something I always read once every year. Mm -hmm. And I think you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, Treasure Island. Oh, dear God, yes. Um, Definitely read Treasure Island. Treasure Island is like, it's like this, this is where a lot of action-adventure things get, get, you know, this is where they get their inspiration. Uh, Treasure Island, you know, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, and if you're not, what rock are you under? Um, but why uh, haven't you crawled out from under it? Yes, exactly. But <laughs> but but anyway, for that, um, yeah, Treasure Island is a story of a kid named Jim Hawkins. What happens is um, he uh, he finds a treasure map, uh, and I'm trying to make this as quick as possible. Um, and then um, he ends up uh, going on this voyage where uh, the crew is found out to be mutinous pirates. Yeah. And um, and basically just a whole bunch of cool action adventure stuff just kind of happens in it. And and I, I mean I'm probably not doing it justice, but all I can definitely tell you is is you know is 
um, almost every pirate story out there owes their allegiance to Treasure Island. This is true. Yeah. Um, one more yeah. book recommendation, yeah. then we're gonna close. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, and, and yeah, that, and that's my that's my novel recommendation. Um, and then um, I'm gonna, and now I'm gonna run my Jack Kirby recommendations. Um, for Jack Kirby, I have I have a few. Uh, one is uh, is anything he's done Fourth World. Yes. Which is uh, yeah, yeah, which is like the DC stuff, like basically New Gods. Check it out. Um, I, I, you know, check out uh, Miracle Man. Um, you know, uh, check out um, 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 uh, uh, Commandi. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, you know, uh, um, and, and all that, and then and then finally, and then finally, I'm gonna recommend a few. Uh, 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 recommend a few Marvel things. One thing I definitely recommend is check out Jack Kirby's run on Thor. Oh God, yes! Uh, uh, because to me, it's just as essential as Walt as Walt Simonson's. Uh huh. They like go hand in hand, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, and I, and in fact, a lot of people, uh, you know, and I'll tell them this: uh, I consider Walt Simonson's Thor an extension of Jack Kirby's Thor. It really is, actually. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, definitely pick that up. Uh. uh and then. Um, and then the oh yeah, and then the last thing I would recommend Jack Kirby because he helped create the damn character Captain America. Look up any of Jack Kirby's runs on Captain America, whether it be the Golden Age stuff he did in the forties or whether it be the Silver Age stuff he did in the sixties with Stanley. He did a lot of Silver Age Thor and Captain America as well. Oh yeah, he did. Um, well, no, well, in fact, Thor was only Silver Age. Um, yeah. Um, but Captain America actually was a crossover character. Captain, Captain America started out in the, during the 1940s, and he was released in Timely Comics because Jack Kirby co-created him with Joe Simon. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but then what happened was when Stan Lee wanted to make the Avengers, mm -hmm. then he wanted another Golden Age character to put in the team as sort of like their unofficial leader, and then they brought, decided, hey, let's bring back Captain America. Yeah. Anyway... That's my recommendations for Jack Kirby. You know, God bless the king, and and you know, rest in peace. And and, and the whole thing is, is like you know, um, you know, just look up his stuff. There's a reason why he is so well revered in the industry. Exactly. Well, that's it for this podcast. Jared, as always, thank you so much for sitting down and being a part of this. It's always good to be here. I always love interviewing this man because not only does he have a plethora of knowledge about the comic industry and pretty much anything nerdy and geeky, he's just an amazing person. He really is. So if you ever bump into Jared at a Comic-Con or just on the street and you get to know him, I would suggest investing the time in getting to know him because he's just a great down-to-earth person. He's an amazing friend. And he's got this wealth of knowledge that God wants. <laughs> so on that blasphemous note <laughs> you guys have a fantastic weekend we will see you again on saturday for another podcast as always be good to each other give each other love and support and anything that you do and as much as i love to say it just do the best that you can in anything that you try to persevere in because i guarantee you if you keep with your craft and you refine it and you make it the best that you can that is exactly what is going to come out. You guys have a fantastic night, and we'll see you on Saturday.